everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. It's a real pleasure to welcome in a friend of mine. Uh, he is the Oracle of Spain, a.k.a. Lord Bulldozer, and a true international man of mystery, Mr. Adrian Godez. Adrian, welcome back to the podcast. Yes. Glad to, glad to be here, uh, Trevor. <laughs> oh, man. How you been? You've been hiding out in Bulgaria. Good, good, good. I'm very happy here. I made uh, two years uh, a few days ago. I made uh, yeah. my second birthday in, in Bulgaria. And <laughs> has been a crazy month. Uh, in January, I was uh, in Arabia during the Future Minerals Forum. Mm. Very interesting event. I can, I can talk a bit about the event if you want. Yeah, yeah, please do. I think uh, we haven't had any like insights or analysis from the Future Minerals event in Saudi Arabia. So what was hmm. your takeaway there? Well, uh, it was my first time there, in both in Arabia and in the event. It was, I think, the third edition. Uh, it was very crowded, mm -hmm. very crowded. I mean, a lot of people and everybody was coming, like myself, coming to see what's going on here. <laughs> Every, because you, you, you ask all the people and everybody has the same feeling like, yes, I'm here just for explore, to explore and see what's happening here. Uh, my my takeaways, uh, first, um, over 50% of the people shouldn't be there because most of, uh, <laughs> I, I think most of the guys were trying just to grab uh, some uh, Saudi money and that's, uh, that's not going to happen. Saudis are interested in developing their own industry, both in upstream and downstream. I think uh, there is even a strong possibility that they start to create a strong downstream uh, supply chain alternative uh, to China and develop uh, a lot of uh, gold deposit, uh, phosphates, BMS, porphyries. They have a lot of prospective ground, but they just want to develop their own industry and they don't want to really invest offshore a part of only a few trophy assets. Like make deals with uh, the Lundins, the Friedlands, this guy, this kind of big guys or Barwick. But uh, if, yeah. if you're a junior, it's not your place. <laughs> that's, uh, that's well. But they invited well, they invited well, a bunch of juniors there. So why why do that? Yes. Uh, f first, they are happy if you if you want to go and explore in Saudi, like a Royal Road did, that they signed a joint venture with a local group to explore both in Arabia and Morocco. But uh, many other uh, many many other um, juniors came just uh, just to arrange uh, meetings with investors. I mean, they are not actually invited. They have they had to pay obviously for the ticket and the and the booth. So yeah, I think the, 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 the that's my main takeaway that the Saudis are going serious to develop uh, Saudi as mining country. But it, it will be only for the big boys and for some very specific mm -hmm. companies like Royal Road that can provide strong technical uh, knowledge. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, and I'm sure you enjoyed your time. I saw some of your photos. So, uh, you know, obviously a very intriguing event and you got to see part yeah. of the world yeah. uh, a lot of people have not seen before. Um, but you know we've talked I, you know we've talked about a number of conversations about you know the haves and the have nots when it comes to uh, working with and within Saudi Arabia. 
uh, it's kind of it just it definitely seems like it's limited to a small group of individuals or a small group of companies. Um, hmm. You know, talk about you know, kind of I, I don't know how how were things communicated there? I mean, you know, was it you? you I guess you can't blame the smaller companies to going going there and trying to market themselves in Saudi Arabia because there's very few places where it's flush with liquidity outside of that country, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, it's it's crazy, but um, if you, not not just mining, let's let's put it in this way. Imagine you are a consulting group or an engineering firm, mm-hmm. and I have I had this feedback from a friend working in HR, and basically all the Saudis say the same that oh we are very interested in your services that you want to provide us, but do you have an office here in in Riyadh? And when uh, she said no, they're, ah, okay. So they are really interested that they, because in general, the Arab mentality and the mindset is to, it's not like the American way that is more transactional. They really want to make first mm-hmm. a relation with you and talk in your office in Riyadh. And after a few weeks, we can start, start to, to and drink tea and coffee, of course. And then we can make business. So for a junior, a small company, it's it's difficult uh, to access. It's not a easy way. I mean, I, in, my, in, my, in my opinion, yes, the event is basically created just to put together a Saudi money, the big Saudi money with uh, big guys like uh, Bale, Barik. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very interesting. I, I would love to attend that event at some point in the future just to see everything going down. Uh, but uh, Adrian, let, let's do let's do to, let's do talk about some you know kind of some market thoughts here. Want to pick your brain uh, over the next couple minutes? Um, big general conversation here. Uh, you know what you like, what you don't like, and you know as far as commodities and the metals go, there's very very few places that seem to be promising right now we've got Mm. uh economic uncertainty across the globe Uh, manufacturing is uh trying to peek its head up but still pretty weak and therefore the metals are not catching a bit i just posted an image of the copper chart here on my twitter feed that doesn't look great i mean so Mm. i guess how are you kind of watching everything play out here yeah it's very tricky yeah and i think the last let's say um 16 months has been very, very, very tough in the market. A broker, a Vancouver broker told me a few weeks ago that, that this is the second worst market he has seen in almost 20 years. <laughs> so it uh, has been very, very bad, especially for juniors um, in, in general in the whole uh, commodity complex. What I like, what I don't like, uh, first, I am very intrigued more and more in lithium. I think there was, I think in other occasions we talk about that, there was a a clear bubble with very stupid prices, very off the, very far away of the cost curve and rational prices. Now they are, they are below the, below the, the, the curve cost. And I think it's, this this year can be a very interesting one to start to pick up some shares in a few stocks in lithium. Right now, I'm writing a very deep, deep 
institutional uh, research on lithium cost curve and the market extra structure. It's going to be. Mm. It was ordered by a, a Vancouver uh, boutique. It's uh, a very long one. I'm making. A, I'm studying a lot of the sector right now, and I think uh, the bottom, the bottom will come uh, sooner, or, sooner or later this year, because in the uh, you have just a, this, a demand that keep it keeps growing, but just at a slower rate. Instead of growing at 30% per year, it's now at 20. So it's really decelerating, but they are not decreasing. The problem is the supply that basically <laughs> the, the stupid prices increase the, the, all the supply and all the money flowing to the sector. So now we have a massive oversupply. Uh, but uh, as people say, uh, low, uh, high prices cure uh, high prices and low prices cure low prices. So I think the bottom will come in uh, shortly at some point. And in contrast, nickel is a totally different story. I was uber bullish with nickel. I really like it in the past. But the, the difference with nickel, uh, the difference with uh, lithium, in my opinion, is that uh, in lithium is just another boom and bust. Another classic boom and bust. High expectations, suddenly a good supply, prices declining. Nothing, nothing where, if you read the history. In nickel, you have a really, totally new technolog technological breakthrough. After many years, Indonesians, with, <laughs> with Chinese help, Chinese metallurgists cracked the code to produce nickel-made, nickel-precipitate, high-quality nickel products used in batteries, from laterites. Historically, laterites are, were used to produce uh, nickel pig iron, ferro nickel, the classic nickel nickel class two. And the expectations from everybody is okay. This uh, class two nickel will be oversupplied by the Indonesians, but the sulfides will retain high value because they are really rare. Like only in a few places in Australia, Canada, like Boys Bay, very few places. So there was a boom in 2021 in nickel, and everybody rushed by nickel sulfides. But the problem is that uh, the Chinese metallurgist, I don't know how, <laughs> but they make it. <laughs> they cracked the code to build HPAL facilities in Indonesia. So they can now produce those high-quality products, the class one nickel, without the sulfides, only with laterites, and that's a total breakthrough. And, I, and the problem is that the they are, the owners are Chinese steel makers, Chinese battery makers, so they don't really care about nickel price. So even if the nickel price decline, they are integrated players. And they are interested on the supply, so they are not really affected by the by the nickel price itself. So mm -hmm. there is potential for a, for a nickel glut for a, a few years. So I think it's a very different mm. a very different decline nickel versus uh, lithium. So I, I like well, I, what you, you you had two different two different narratives there. One, the nickel story is based on new technology that obviously 
you never underestimate underestimate the market finding a solution for problems. And Absolutely. that certainly seems to be the case of that. Absolutely. The lithium story, and I do want to come back on this, was, again, a, more of a specu- speculation boom uh, coming after uh, the uh, the president Biden presidency uh, when 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 he won three years ago, and we saw huge moves in lithium. And I want to come back to this because I want to ask you, and if we can maybe pinpoint one company, that's Sigma Lithium. Uh, talk about a company that fell from grace. Uh, that yes. chart is pretty ugly. It went from forty two dollars at its I high mean, back mean. in the spring last year. Uh, now trading at about just over twelve dollars. Uh, listen, Adrian, I thought when you uh, added uh, uh, mineral resources to your project, the market was supposed to reward you. What's going on with Sigma? Yes, it was absolutely crazy. I was uh, basically the situation is after build the the mine in Brazil, Anna decided the Anna the CEO decided to start a strategic review and sell and sell the company. I mean. Over 50% of the stock is controlled by uh, a private equity, which basically it's uh, her. And so it's uh, private equity always look for a, an exit. So they decided to sell last year. The problem is that the, I, we don't know if uh, by his, her character or for the declining lithium prices, basically the sale process has looked that they collapsed. So the stock actually was trading pretty good until a few weeks ago versus other lithium names because the the market was hoping that uh, a deal would close. They she said uh, she she set a deadline on end of the year in last December. Then say that the the new deadline would be the new Chinese year. Which is which start uh, I think uh, next year or maybe this uh, weekend, and still weekend, no, no yeah. so still no sale. So when market they realized that there could be very likely no sale, uh, we we saw this uh, call absolutely collapse. <laughs> Luckily, uh, I sold I sold uh, last week, so I didn't lose I, I didn't lose uh, so much money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this more of asking too much uh, in, within the deal, or is this? Um, I, I guess I don't know why. How, how does the deal just completely collapse like this? I think it was. I think it's uh, just another alpha me. I think, in my opinion, it's the same situation as alpha me. They start. They try to sell at the exactly peak of the cycle, and while closing the deal, the spot price collapsed. And the, because basically both Alpha Ming and Sigma were looking for a higher bid than the of the ask, and the, so the deal collapsed with the okay. declining price, both in thing and leaving now. I think it's the same, it's exactly the same situation. I'm sure that the Sigma had a, a proper bid, but she just wanted a, a higher one, and the, the difference between. A, the, the bid ask spread was just too high. Okay, interesting. All right, uh, Adrian, thanks so much for your time, buddy. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, but it's good to connect with you and uh, have yourself a good rest of your night there. Thank you so much for the invitation, Trevor. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. 
Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.